0: So you want to know the ins and outs of managing your money. Well, lucky for you, you're just in time for another episode of Master Your Finances with certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker. Kurt and his panel of experts are here for you and will cover topics from a legal and personal standpoint. They'll discuss tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Rider University. Now, let's learn how we can better change our habits with Kurt Baker.
1: Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Master Your Finances presented by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. I'm Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional located in Princeton, New Jersey. I can be reached to our website, which is www.cwmi.us or you can call me directly at 609 609- 716 4700 Uh this week, very pleased to have with us uh returning a uh, Nancy Sobin, who uh opened professional paperwork services back in 2015. Uh the company was established to assist individuals and small businesses who are too busy or unable to manage their own finances. The company pays bills, reconciles health insurance claims, and manages all incoming mail. They make Bank deposits and contact vendors to correct invoices if necessary. The company is a member of the Princeton Mercer Chamber of Commerce, uh, Business Networking International, and American Association of Daily Money Managers. Uh, before opening uh, professional paperwork services, Nancy was National Sales Director at College Savings Bank. She was responsible for sales and state relations with the three state programs where college savings banks is program manager that includes Arizona, Indiana and Montana. Nancy interfaced with the broker dealers affiliates, developed affinity programs and managed the sales team. Prior to coming to Princeton, Nancy was a financial advisor and owner of an insurance firm in Atlanta, Georgia. Years prior, she was regional manager and vice president of commercial products for Eastman Codemac Company. Nancy received a BFA in photography from SUNY College and New Platts and, uh, at New Platts and an NBA from University of Rochester. Uh, Nancy, really appreciate you coming on today. Um, I know a lot's been going on. So if we, maybe we can just start off a little bit by um, explaining a little bit more. I know you said some of it in your bio there, but like how you came up with this idea of the services, it's kind of interesting. Your background is very similar to advisors like myself where you're dealing with the insurance end of it, where so you probably saw some of this, I'm gonna guess. Uh, we have really busy, High-income people—they have a lot to do, a lot of things they should be doing, and they simply just run out of time, is what I've noticed. And uh, they don't focus on these uh, uh, these things that are important, but don't seem to be a priority because they don't really make them any money. <laughs> so that's that's my personal experience, at least. <laughs> so, give us a little background on that, if you don't mind.
2: Good morning, thank you for having me on, Kurt. Uh, yeah, I um, was working. For, I moved to Princeton to work for College Savings Bank. And the bank got bought by a company out of Texas. And so I needed to figure out what my next move was going to be. And I had a little, I took a little time to really look through it and figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I didn't want to work for anybody else. And I was trying to decide what to do. I looked at franchises, I looked at a lot of things and nothing really spoke to me and I was, um, down taking a visit in Atlanta, where i had moved from, and I went and saw several friends who all of a sudden things were popping to show it was like a sign people kept talking about issues they had I had uh, one lawyer friend who Very, very neat. She had piles of health insurance claims on her kitchen table and said, I've got this all set up because I know I'm going to be on the phone all afternoon with the health insurance company to straighten out my claims and I thought that's What a waste of time. That's terrible. And then another um, lawyer couple I happened to see, um, they were making a joke about how behind they always were in their bills and how they got dinged all the time for bouncing uh, checks from Wells Fargo just because they didn't have time to move their money around and do things the way they should have done them. And, And I had several other signs like those. And I thought, this is um, interesting. I could help these people do that and it would be right in my wheelhouse. And I thought I came up with this business plan for a really original idea to go around and help people of higher net worth to you know, take this off their hands. And when I was back here in Princeton, I did a lot of research and I found that there's an association like my, my great idea. Somebody else had already had an association that you named in my intro um, called Adam American Association of Daily Money Managers who all do something similar and everybody does it a little bit differently. But I I personally work with seniors is about half of my business because they are they have plenty of money and they got plenty of time but in a lot of cases they're um, either too busy enjoying their retirement or in more cases they have some physical or mental decline that has made it difficult for them to take care of these things and they've gone to a trusted advisor either a wealth manager cpa or somebody to say i really could use some help with this and so our business is built 100% on referrals, either from professionals like those that I mentioned or, um, you know, current clients. So another group that we work with are membership associations, um, and it could be a trade association or a religious organization where uh, we go on site and invoice their clients and then keep track of all the bills. We use QuickBooks online to do that, send out statements, things like that, that an organization needs, take in donations and give reports to the board. And then thirdly, we work with uh, small business owners who are in most cases, very small. They have one to three employees and they're doing a bang up job at what it is they do, but they don't necessarily have time to um, take care of their books and keep on top of that. We also do QuickBooks online with them. So um, these clients are kind of fall in those categories, but the same issues are there is that they've got, they don't really have the wheel, the space in their wheelhouse to get this done.
1: No, that's fantastic. And I know that every small business and everybody is busy, which uh, pretty much includes almost everyone at some point, right? um this, this this tends to be that pile that just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and before you know it you're like I either have to sit down and get rid of the pile uh or it doesn't get done which is not good right because then you get right. the feed. Yeah, your wells fargo client I, I mean those i mean those I don't know those bounce fees used to be like five bucks or something and now they're like i don't know what they are anymore they're like 30 40 dollars they're like insane yeah, they're
2: 30, for them it money. was 35 dollars i mean that yeah. adds up and they're not going to forgive them when you do it over if you do it once every yeah. two years it's one thing but when you do it several times a month it's crazy
1: <laughs> well that, that just that right right away you're already paying for somebody to just take care of it and you're right i know a lot of i mean just in my own lifespan i, I mean the people that i've dealt with you know very busy people um they're making plenty of money it's not like they don't make the money It's just they don't they don't have the time to sit down and just do all this because you do have to take the time. Even if it's only an hour or two, they don't have it. Right. Or they'd rather be doing something else that's more enjoyable. One of the things that I know comes up um, because, uh, you know, people like myself, of course, worry about, you know, older adult financial abuse and things like that. So it's like, okay, how do you um, how do you manage that relationship in a way, especially when you're talking about somebody who might be going through some kind of cognitive decline, um, things like that. So when somebody says, Oh, I'm going to turn over my, you know, kind of a day to day finance thing. And if you're talking about making deposits and moving money, so how do we, you know, make sure that everybody's safe, so to speak, from a financial security standpoint, when when they kind of outsource this a little bit? Uh, Because there's a balancing act there, right? You want to outsource it, but you still want to be able to have some kind of monitoring in place, correct?
2: Right. So when I start with somebody, I always um, tell them, well, first they tell me what their issues are, and then I tell them how I can help them, and I tell them about how they're protected, because that is a really big issue. So we have, um, I don't ever like there to be misunderstandings, and I tell them that in the beginning too. So we have a very clear letter of agreement about what I will do and what I won't do, and I won't, give them financial advice. I won't give them legal advice although they ask me these questions all the time and I'll have to say you know what you have to call Kurt for that or you have to call your lawyer because uh, my opinion is worth nothing. you know I'm not, I'm not managing your your money or your legal thing so um, and then I also um, show them that I have a very high amount of errors and omission insurance which would cover them in the event that I did anything to uh, their accounts. And I um, also involve uh, there's a couple other things. I also involved their family. Besides doing a letter of engagement, the first one of the first papers I have them sign after that is, okay, as long as we're getting things set up, you tell me who you want me to talk to and who you don't want me to talk to. And they always usually have one child that that's involved that they they do want them to be kept informed and for me to have a relationship with them as well and then um, on that form is usually their CPA their wealth manager um, and maybe you know some other people so um, I always make sure that I introduce myself to those people and and let them know what's going on and in the case of the kids sometimes they want me to send them a Message every periodically to say what's going on, or or it might be a POA or somebody wants me to just keep them treading out. And the last thing is, I don't sign anything. Mm-hmm. I, I set things up, I write things, but I do not sign any checks. I don't sign any paperwork. That is not part of what I do. So what I do is at the end of our meeting each time we go through each check or each thing that I've done and talk about it, and then. Um, they sign it. So, In fact, people ask me, just sign my name and
0: I'll
1: be like, no. (laughs) That might be a small problem. (laughs) No, it's good. No, so yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. So I appreciate you walking us through there. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Mask Your Finances.
0: This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash next step
1: you're listening to master your finances i'm kurt baker here with nancy sobin of professional paperwork services and we've been kind of going uh, you know what you're doing which is kind of i think is great because as i said i have a lot of um, clients myself and people i've met throughout the years who really are very busy and this is not the most productive use of their time we talk about that a lot when you're a higher income person is what do you do best and what do you want to make sure you focus most of your time on and this is typically not a high income aspect of the life as an expense and for most of those people it's much better to hand that off to someone and if they don't have their own personal secretary and their smaller business or they're uh, maybe retired it's great to hand this off make sure it gets done i mean you talked about the person who was getting late fees from wells fargo that can be very you can spend hundreds of dollars right there and boom you've kind of paid for the convenience of just letting somebody else take care of this for you and not getting into trouble with different agencies i mean all small businesses are constantly dealing with trying to keep up with all that stuff um so that's great and then I like the fact you kind of went through how you involve other people in the family. So you sit down and have that, you know, initial call, you talk, you know, talk, excuse me, initial talk with them about what they actually need. And that's a big part of it, at least from a financial planner standpoint, we always want to make sure we have that kind of network the family, uh, you know, who do you go to in certain circumstances, who's aware of things, that things are going on. And finance is always, always is a high priority because unfortunately, as we know, older people tend to have a substantial amount of wealth as a group. And they have a cognitive decline occurring. So somebody who is was very uh, able to manage things and make decisions, you know, this year in a year or two, that that may be different, and people aren't really kind of aware of it if they're not paying attention, especially if they don't live near them. Um, so you're involving the family. You don't actually sign the checks, and you don't do those things that um, or the actual, you know, a- a application of sending things out. So they make that final decision. And I think it's really important because I know that just from what we've seen, it's just from my perspective and the is it, I'm assuming that one of the benefits of this is you're coming in as kind of the third party who is insured, who is vetted, who does know how to do this. So you end up because sometimes they'll have things like caregivers, whether that's a family member or somebody who's hired to come in, this is where we hear about a lot of fraud, right, because they're in the house they have access to all the mail, all the documents coming in. And sometimes the family is not even aware of what's happening for, until it's almost too late because they're intercepting all of this because they're so close to the individual that you know, late notices are coming and things are happening, the house is in foreclosure. The family may not even be aware of it if this person keeps diverting the things, um, which I think is a really big problem uh, as well as having authorizations and setting, having people sign things to transfer assets away from themselves, right? Yeah. So you've got an extra set of eyes. So I'm really I think this is a great business model. I think it's great that somebody certified to do this to manage it. So uh, I just want to say that for you. But but I think it's kind of kind of incredible. Um, so now that we've got, you know, how we've done it, traditionally, what other what the, what are the kind of needs you're kind of seeing on an ongoing basis uh, for your client base, so to speak?
2: I just want to touch on that fraud for a minute um, since you brought it up. It, sometimes that is why uh, families call me in, because they have asked a caregiver or somebody else to pay the bills. Um, this this year, I I do special projects in addition to my regular clients, because my regular clients I see either twice a month or every week. Um, but I did a project with family where there was four siblings, and one of the siblings w- had A power of attorney for her mother, who had dementia. The other siblings um, realized something funny was going on, and I went back through the bank's uh, bank accounts for uh, the last several years, and that one sibling had been using it as their own personal bank account. And then I, you know, you hear other stories where um, kids they become the POA, and then they sell the parent's house and or put a loan against it and um, and the parents are there alone. And I think, um, you know, as people get to the point where they do have some dementia, it's very dangerous for them to be living at home, both physically and for financial reasons. So the question was, what are the client needs? So the clients need help in the areas that they're weakest in. So. Um, I started with one of my first clients when he just could no longer correctly write checks. He wrote a check that was supposed to be for two thousand dollars, and he wrote it for twenty-two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And luckily, um, the the bank questioned it, um, and he, then he made several other mistakes. And the family said, "That's enough." And you know, they had you know they had a very nice lifestyle, and the wife is just like, you know what? No, I'm not doing this. I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, we don't. We can get somebody else to do it. So, um, a lot of times you sit with somebody like that because they did something really well for a long time, and they, it's kind of um, almost they feel a little bit humiliated because they can no longer do it. So, part uh, one of the parts of the job is to tell them that. There's no reason for them to feel that way. And, and I always tell them that you're my advisor, you know, Maybe I can't write the checks anymore, but you can tell me about this, this bill or that bill or, you know, whether this sounds right and um, I, I usually try and get them involved so they feel like they're still doing it. So um, that's one of the things. And um,
1: yeah, I just, yeah, one of the concerns we see happening I don't know if you, you, you may help with this a little bit is it. That- um, as people are, especially when they're, and this is almost in any family age I guess it's really any family age, you typically have one spouse that manages the finances, and one spouse who does not manage the finances. And, and the issue with that is, if they're so uninvolved in the finances, that if the, if the spouse who is handling the finances becomes incapacitated or passes away, the other spouse has no idea what's going on. That's so fair if you have somebody managing this stuff on a day-to-day basis um that's one thing and the other is of course if there's a cognitive decline and the other person is not ready for it they may not want to release their right. control of the finances so just from my perspective if somebody's older and is what is able to manage this stuff and, and and just take it off their plate it's kind of a nice way to 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 transfer transition that to a third party almost like a relief from them not that you're pulling it away from them. not like you're taking the car keys away right you're saying hey look why are you dealing with all this stuff why don't we have somebody else come in and do this for you that way if something does occur where you have to go to the hospital for a month whatever the case is the other spouse it's being taken care of it's like you have your own personal you know service managing all the little details of what's going on um I can see that being very valuable especially for an older couple as, you know, maybe one's you know put in the hospital for a little period of time for a few weeks or a month, things like that, right?
2: Exactly, and I think it's, you're right, it is such a strong division of labor that, um, you know, sometimes people say, you know, I used to do this, but I haven't done it in 40 years and, you know, um, and I really have not kept up and, and it's unfortunate because sometimes the spouse who does pay the bills, wants to tell the other one about it. And they're like, no, you do it, I don't want to know anything. And they really should. They really should know what the other one does. So um, it is a problem. And I think there are some ways that uh, the family can make it a positive, like you're talking about that. Yeah, you know, you, you and mom want to go out travel some more and have some fun. You've earned it. Let somebody else come in and help you. You're still going to approve every single expenditure because you have to sign it but this other person's going to, you know, keep keep records for you and take care of the day-to-day mundane stuff. So I think there are ways to position it, but um, I do know that there's a lot of people that should use a service like mine, but they're so afraid of letting anybody else know about their money. And frankly, it's, it's got, it gets to the point where it's just numbers to me. Like I'm sure to you, it's numbers. I don't really think, oh my God, this person is got this much in this account. I don't care. I'm just, I'm just trying to make everything balance out and work and move on to the next thing. I think it's great that they've got that those assets. But, um, you know, I see it every day. So it's not as impressive as it might be if they were the only one I ever saw. Right. So um, the other yeah, thing you is,
1: to like a physician, right, you go in for a physical you year, like, oh, my goodness, first you go like, wow, they're asking me all these questions. They're doing all these things to me. And they're doing all this other stuff. And like, to them, it's like, you know, the next person, the next person, and they're very good at it. So for them, it's very easy. They know what they're doing. They know what to look for. They know how to fix things. The same thing is with finances, right? So if you're very familiar with it, you're used to doing it, you're, you're really seeing it as a, as, as just solving the puzzle and making sure everything's where it's supposed to be. And then, and then go on, right. Just setting up a process and taking care of it. Right.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting because over time, some of those people have to kind of give up and say, you know what, I really do need this kind of help. And you know, so-and-so trusted her, so I'm gonna trust her. I'm gonna try it. So, um, and they, a lot of it is involved in how they see themselves. You know, if they're elderly and, you know, they've been doing things their whole life, they just see it one, as one more step of decline and they really, they'll fight it. But, um, you know, we try and make it, you know, a friendly visit and um, helping them and make sure that they're involved in the process and a lot of older people have um, a limited number of visitors so that becomes a big part of what we do too is in the beginning i really don't understand why people would just sit there staring at me while i was doing my work and so i started just asking them questions oh how did you meet your husband and you know what did you do before you retired and it's really it's, it's great for them but it's also really interesting to me you know to hear people's stories and having um, that visit is, is really great. This one lady, unfortunately she just died last week that I used to go out to in Monroe. I think I was her only visitor, her she had a caregiver and with COVID particularly, she had, I didn't come out to see her for a while, but every time I did before or since, she'd be like, oh, I'm always so glad when you come out here even though she was very deaf and she re- we really couldn't carry on a deep conversation, I'd have to pull up my mask to t- so she could read my lips. But um, a lot of times people are just so happy to have another visitor, which is very sad.
1: Well, that's fantastic, Nancy. Um, we're going to take another quick break. You're listening to Master Your Finances. We'll be right back.
0: This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash nextstep.
1: listening to master your finance i'm kurt bake here with nancy sobin of professional paperwork services and just before the break we we're talking about this is not just um helping people with their finances and making sure everything's in order and kind of taking that um that burden off you especially as you get older becomes kind of a, a little bit of a pain and it also helps i think with continuity between spouses so you have somebody there who if somebody is hospitalized or starts to suffer from something like a dementia uh or passes away the other spouse will have those records in order and have somebody to talk to so that you know bills don't get paid things like that i know like my father's example he has this long-term care bill every year it comes about i I know the date and everything so that's like make sure that gets paid because it's dirt cheap and we don't want that to lapse because that's going to be an issue right so certain things you know just you know you, you don't you know if there's a they're not going to care, right? They're going to be, oh, good, we get to cancel that policy, right? You didn't pay in time. Um, So you just want to make sure that stuff gets done. And I think the social aspect is something I think people don't think about a lot. But, uh, you know, being an advisor, I realize that myself Is we, you know, we talk a lot about finances, obviously, and that's the that's the key of the service. But a lot of its relationship and a lot of its understanding somebody's, you know, personal story, so that you can organize the finances in a way that works for their life. And I can definitely see how You being there with them really, really helps them. And you can give them some little suggestions and things like that. So people forget this is like a two way conversation, right? Um, So you can help them out. And, um, you know, COVID has kind of added a whole new layer of isolation to people, especially the older, high risk groups, which you deal with a lot. So do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of your story? I think everybody has a story about, you know, back in March. Uh, you know, when we thought this was going to be a relatively short term couple of weeks going to be back up and running, no big deal. And of course, over the next few months that definitely changed. And here we are, uh, you know, almost ready to enter November and, um, not quite, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not really sure, right. We know a little more, but nobody right. really knows when it's going to be over. So how has that affected some of your clients, uh, maybe talk a little bit about the beginning, how it phased in and some adjustments that you've been making. As we learn more about what's happening and your clients' needs, maybe are changing a little bit.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, when when we uh, all got the call to stay at home, um, I was kind of stuck. I was thinking, what in the heck am I going to do? I mean, I can't see these people. They need help, and um, you know, my QuickBooks clients, I certainly can do that remotely. But what am I going to do for these people? And um, so it took me a couple of days, but I came up with a mail system because uh, I thought it was going to be, as you said, you know, two months. Um, so I uh, went out and got a bunch of different size envelopes, and I wrote them all a letter saying, you know, we're going to be pen pals for a while, and if you, um, you know, every week put all your mail in these envelopes, mail it to me with your checkbook. I'm gonna write you the checks and get them all ready to go. All you have to do is sign and stick them in the envelopes. And it started, um, I had I have some clients who live in facilities that are continuous care. They may be living independently, but the whole facility is totally shut down. So um, I had one or two of those that, um didn't want to do it so i didn't work with them but mostly everybody else i did and the first month it went pretty well and then the second month i don't know what happened to the post office but one one um mailing some of the mailings i did never have arrived still and then another one took 10 days to get from here to monroe from princeton to monroe and um I felt like I couldn't really trust the mail that much anymore. So I started doing everything where I could track it. And it did start getting a little bit better. But by the time about June rolled around, um, people were like, this isn't working. So I did go decide if they were healthy and I was healthy, which I was, thank God. Um, I put on what I call my half mat clothes and I would go there and my gloves and my masks and I would take their mail and sit in another room and do what I normally do and then have them sign things and, and leave. Um, so we've gotten a little closer since then, but, um, and then since since then uh, the facilities in some cases have opened up, but I've also had uh, people who have gotten COVID and been in the hospital and been in hospital and then in, uh, rehab facility and now in a nursing home who we couldn't see for months on end so i'm like we have got to figure out how to pay their bills whether and a lot of older people are very much anti online bill paying and online banking they think that it's it's probably the safest thing you can do online but they think that all their money is going to get stolen and their identity is going to be stolen well, some people, I just had to do it online because otherwise their bills would never get paid. And it became less of an issue because they knew they, had, they, knew they needed this done. And so that kind of changed their minds a little bit um, and we continue to do that. So it did help in that regard because obviously paying bills online and then doing reports later make it a lot easier. So, um, but we have kind of stepped through with each person's comfort so I go to this one person's home up at the landings, and she keeps all the windows open, and then uh, and we have masks on. So it's really a matter of what everybody, including myself, are comfortable with. Um, and uh, I am working back with everybody, and I've gotten some new clients um, that Tara and I, my my helper, um, deal with, and. Um, It's each one of them has a different approach because of what their comfort level is or what their facilities allow some facilities will only allow you to come to have a patio visit for 20 minutes. And, and that's it. So you have to be really ready and prepared and get everything done and, and it's really hard on uh, the people, especially if they're not normally mobile, it's a big deal for them to get ready and then they only have a very short visit with you. And um, so it's a little disappointing on their end to take some an hour to get ready. They see us for, t- for 20 minutes and then they have to go back inside. Um, we still don't know in some cases how they're gonna handle it now that the weather is getting bad. So um, it's, um, you just have to be creative and keep trying to take care of people as well as meet their needs. I will say that from the beginning, we've been calling people a lot more just to keep in touch and make sure that they, you know, have some contact from the outside because some of them don't really, they either have no family or they have a very small family. In some cases they live very far away. So they haven't seen their family since January. Uh, So it's very sad, but um, we try and, know keep in touch and do little things that you know might make them happy if it's their birthday we'll send in balloons or something if we can't see them but um you know i think it's really sad that some of these people are towards the end of their life and um really can't have any visitors or very few Um, but we do the best we can to try and give them a little sunshine while we take care of things for them as you do i know kurt
1: oh absolutely so it it sounds it sounds to me like you're 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 having a similar like process i've been having uh you know other advisors are dealing with people's finances but i just wondering like um your it sounds like your referral structure is pretty similar right because you're still dealing with you know the advisors and, and referrals that they know and people they know they've been talking to right so um have you seen um any differences in like technology? I mean, I know a lot of people, I'm using a lot more of the uh, video conferencing that we're, you know, we're using now. Um, are you seeing any changes in the way you, I know you mentioned the QuickBooks, you're doing more online banking. And I agree, a lot of older people don't like to use online banking. And, and some, one of the things I personally tell them is I say, hey, keep that separate as far as a smaller, tiny bank account that just has enough in there to do what you got to do. That way, if something does happen, you've limited what the exposure is as far as that goes and leave the big money somewhere else, right? Um, So you kind of because some people will like take their, as you know, will take their uh, bills right out of a very large account. And then if something negative happens, you've exposed a significant amount of funds, which to me is not a very good idea. But that's off the topic slightly. But so have you seen anything change as far as um, just communicating with people? I know, um, you know, it's phone calls and things like that. Well, yes,
2: absolutely. I mean we I do a lot of these kinds of uh virtual meetings and um I've met people from uh further distances because now that I've set up some systems for us to um, do things remotely, it's kind of opened up some new business for us. So um I've I'm starting to work with people up in northern New Jersey and In the past, um, well, I guess we'll talk about that a little later, but I do do a lot of virtual meetings and I've had people have been very clever about setting up different groups of people small groups just to network to say hey you guys should know each other. Um, It was there was more of just straight networking in the beginning when everybody was kind of stuck at home, but there's still a lot of that going on and a lot of the business associations are. I'm doing that and my, um, my business association, Adam, is having our conference virtually this year, which should be very interesting because it's a two day conference, and um, I have enough trouble sitting in a seat when I go to a conference for all day. So but at least now I can walk around my room, you know, my office and, um, and take a break and do all that but I I think it's um, made everybody realize that. You don't always have to go see somebody in person. You can still have that eyeball to eyeball with, um, you know, virtual meetings, and um, they can be shorter. So it does save a lot of travel time, which is the good news, because I've always had to, be, I've always had to try and build into my schedule. Okay, I got to do everybody in this part of town, you know, in this part of Mercer County on these days, and this other part. Otherwise, I'll be driving all day long. So. Um, I hope we get to the point where um, it becomes more normal. So some of these senior clients um, will start doing that. But um, I do have one. He Zooms with his kids. I'm very proud of him. I've tried it with another one and it's it's not working. So, um, But I think that over time, we'll get more people to do that.
0: So, All right, um, Nancy.
1: Appreciate it very much. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. You'll listen to Master Your Finances. We'll be right back.
0: This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash next step.
1: Back and listen to master Finance I'm Kurt Baker here with Nancy Sobin of professional paperwork services and uh, we were talking really about how some of the changes that you've seen happen throughout covid where you've done a little bit more remote you talked a little bit about maybe mailing people mailing their all their mail to you you sort it you take care of it send it back to them and I, and I know you suffered the same thing we've been hearing that there was some interruptions in the mail service uh, I mean, just like every other professional, people were out. You know, people were unable to go to work, and of course, if you have less people, you're going to have the the service just isn't going to quite operate at the at the peak of efficiency like it like it would normally. Because I know around here we tend to have pretty good mail service, I have to say. Um, and I, I we get used to it coming in a day or two. You're like, wow, what do you mean it's going to take ten days? So, um, but then you've so so what have you what are you seeing going forward? I know that what I've seen a little bit of, and it sounds like maybe you've seen that is that. We not every meeting has to be in person. In fact, you can maybe even have more touches with somebody quick video conference and then still have the meetings. So I'm seeing more of a blended uh, evolution coming where sometimes they're like, hey, I'm really busy. I can't uh, take, you know, an hour off to to meet with you, but we can have a 15 minute video conference just to get a quick update on what's going on, things like that. Um, So it's quicker and easier. Right. In some ways, In, in other ways. So, what, I mean, what are you seeing? Because yours is a little different than me. What are you
2: seeing? Well, I have to say that there was a bad six weeks with the post office, but I think they're doing a, a pretty good job right now. In fact, yesterday I was at the post office and they had a big sign up there and said, these heroes will never let a ballot go undelivered. So <laughs> I was impressed with that, and I believe that. And it was the main post office at Carnegie Center.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they are down so many people. It's amazing that they're doing such a good job right now with probably a third of the people that they used to have. So I give them a big kudos. But so one of the things that um, this has helped for me is that I've always looked at as I grow my business to have people in different physical locations. So um, I think this that still might be a way to go, but right now we can handle things that aren't in central New Jersey, while we are in central New Jersey, because we have in some cases forwarded people's mail to us who might be in a hospital or uh, assisted living and still own their home and their mail goes there, but we have it sent to us and take care of it and pay the bills online. We talk to them quite frequently and their families and get things managed that need to be managed. Um, In other cases, the the mail system is back, seems to be back and running well, and we can use that. So it really does uh, give us the possibility for growth outside this geographic area, which is certainly a lot better than having people living in different locations that we have to manage. So um, it, it allows us to help a lot more people. And I have in the past gotten Um, calls from people in different states saying, do you know somebody that can help me? And I'll go on my association website and see that the nearest person to them is 100 miles away. Mm -hmm. And where before I said, you have to call them and see what they can do to help you. Now I can say, well, the nearest person's 100 miles away, but I could help you if you're willing to do this virtually. Mm -hmm. So, where before I couldn't help them. And it's a terrible feeling knowing that they live in some rural place with nobody there to help them. And they clearly have acknowledged that they need some help, which not everybody does. A lot of times, as we talked about earlier, it's their family pushing them. So this does open up a lot of possibilities for us. And, um, you know, we help people in different ways. In some cases, um, you know, we don't, bills are not the main thing we do. It's, it's um, managing, keeping track of, not doing investments, but keeping track of their investments for them, uh, doing a, a lot of different tasks that, because they do have all of their bills paid automatically. So it's, every client is a little bit different for us and um, which makes it interesting. And, um, you know, we're happy to help anybody anywhere as long as they can be a little flexible as far as how how it's done
1: no i I think that's really important and you just mentioned something i mean having uh we kind of touched on this i think in the first segment is that where um having somebody just kind of oversee what's going on Mm -hmm. um you know just for even just for a family coordination um i think is really kind of key uh to just an extra layer of safety because as you know you know the advisors don't that's not, we. I mean, we don't pay the bills and we don't like follow, the, you know, the insurance reimbursements and things like that directly. I mean, they'll contact us and ask us, but that's not our daily task, so to speak. Right. Um, so we're not going to see the detail that they're going to see as far as their mail coming in. Uh, you know, we'll see the reports as we, uh, you know, uh, as far as the investment side of it goes. But it's kind of nice to have somebody that's kind of dealing with the kind of the day-to-day end of it to kind of really fit in with what somebody's doing on the macro basis as far as their overall strategy. Have yeah. you noticed, I mean, <laughs>
2: I've had calls recently from uh, an attorney and a financial advisor saying that, um, particularly the attorney this week was saying, you know, they want me to do this work, but I charge $400 an hour and I suspect yeah. you charge less. And I said, yes, I certainly do. So um, that's a big help to them because they could get other work that's $400 an hour work without having to do this other. Um, other work that's not worth their
1: time to do so oh, no, uh, I agree because we we all feel strong that it has to get done because it has you know has other implications as we've talked about have you noticed um as far as just in general people becoming more comfortable with some of these new technologies that are out there I mean I've seen as it's hard to even think back to January now because I feel like we do think so differently or more comfortable with so many different things then I wouldn't even have thought about asking a client, let's get on a video call right. and talk about something for, you know, 20 minutes. Um, I I really just would not have thought of that. They would have had to brought it up to me. I said, sure, fine. Let me go find my account and I'll try to set it up for you and we'll get together. Give me a couple minutes, right? right. Uh, whereas now it's like, boom, you just set it up, you're done. Right.
2: It's it's true. You've, I mean, honestly, um, I have a large family and We've had several Zoom meetings, which we've never thought about having a group call ever. Um, so I think it's changed everybody, and it does people people who thought they couldn't do it, including some in my family, you know, realize that this is not that hard. And we have clients also who are starting to say, "Okay, if you just set it up and tell me where to push it at a certain time, I can I'll try that," because they want to be connected. Um, I think yeah, the whole world has changed in a lot of ways, and one of them is that people are more re- relaxed. I think about technology. Yeah,
1: and I and I think um, sometimes we we prejudge like the, the uh, older adults, so to speak. They say, well, they'll never deal with technology. And I've actually found that's not only necessarily true. Right. I found some older people are very much savvy with technology. They definitely know how to use it and set it up. Um, so I I think we need to at least set that aside a little bit. You don't want to really prejudge it because you might be quite surprised how comfortable they are you know, coming on a call and things like that. At least I've been.
2: I agree. And I have one older lady that I work with who a couple of years ago wouldn't even send a text. And now she's texts all the time. She sends bitmojis of herself. And, <laughs> um, you know, she does all sorts of stuff. She just doesn't have a computer or, or else she would do these... Um, zoom calls, but I think she has tried even face time. So um, I think you're right. You can't judge people. If, if, you know, there's a lot of people that say, Hey, don't, don't assume I can't do it. Just show me what to do and I'll try it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of people do unfortunately write off older people and treat them, uh, in a negative way. Um, and they're most, a lot of them are very smart and they're going to be around for a long time. And they, they don't want
1: to be left behind. No, I think that's great. Um, so any other trends you see occurring, uh, you know, just with the business world that we've been, as we're kind of starting to hopefully come out of this slowly, uh, nobody knows the end. But it, it, I feel like we're at least have a better understanding, right? So you're able to go into people's houses or their facilities on a limited basis, things like that. <clears throat> so how do you see the trend coming over the next few months and maybe into next year? What are, What are your thoughts about what might be happening?
2: I just see certain businesses that um, that I think are really going to downsize. You know, i uh, I had to, I have to go to certain banks at a certain time every month. And I noticed that some banks closed most of their branches. And I don't think they'll ever open them up again because uh, a lot of people are figuring out that they don't have to go to a branch um some people are saying i wish i could mail a deposit in but they can't but um now people are realizing that maybe i can do a um you know take a picture with my phone and once you teach them that or you do it for them they're like hey that's really great and and is that secure and i'm like your phone is probably the most secure piece of technology that you have it's better than your computer Mm -hmm. so um I just think it's um, you know certain businesses are definitely going to go away, and I think bank branches are probably one of them, I mean, maybe they'll have one person inside a bank and they'll have an ATM and a. drive through teller and, and that's it and they won't have nearly so many, and I, I mean I, it's sad, but other businesses um, probably will downsize I think you know loyal, law firms. And you're working at home. Most law firm, most people are working at home. They're not going to have those giant offices anymore. They'll have an office with conference rooms, but every lawyer is going to be working at home probably for, forever. So um, I, I think the world is, we know it is going to change and it, some of it is going to be pretty sad, like movie theaters are probably going to go away and Things like that, but now now they're starting to have drive-in theaters. Again. I was going
1: to say the drive-ins are starting to come back again. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, so, yeah. Um. <laughs> so things that people got used to doing, like going into the bank and talking, like these old people love to go into the bank and talk to the the ladies, as they say, the tellers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably not going to happen anymore. Or they'll call them up and talk to them. Um, but I think that. Hopefully, there'll be a vaccine and people will be free to get out and do things because uh, it is aging people a lot faster to not be out in society. I think it's, a help. it's hurt a lot of people to not have all of the stimulation and socialization that they once had. So um, that's been really hard. And I, I hope that uh, we get through this sooner rather than later.
1: I have but, to agree. Uh, Yep, I I would agree with that. Thank you, Nancy. I really appreciate you coming back on again. Yes, we need to stay connected. Uh, Right now. It's mainly virtually but as soon as we're it's safe to do so I agree. Uh, We all need to take care of our our health and our mental health and get together and socialize that we are social animals. So I couldn't agree more about that. Um, And I appreciate it very much. You gave us a great overview of what's going on and and, and the positives of the technology. And of course, there's some downside to what we've been doing. But we've learned a lot, I think, um, since this whole thing started. And hopefully in the end, We'll have a a, a net positive, hopefully. Um, We'll see. Only time will tell. Um, You've been listening to Master Your Finance. I'm Kurt Baker. I can be reached uh, at uh, 609 716 4700 You can subscribe to this podcast and all the podcasts by going to MasterYourFinances.us. Remember, together we can master your finances so you can enjoy financial peace of mind.
0: That was this week's episode of Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, certified financial planner professional. Tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. to expand your knowledge in building and managing your wealth. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Master Your Finances to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Rider University.